sweet, sassy molassy, Joel. It is so hot. Dude, it is freaking hot. What happened to fall? What happened? It was it's, like it was so nice last week. It was like seventies. It's like it was like seventy around. degrees yesterday. Yeah, and now it is hot as balls. I'm doing something I swore I'd never do, even though I have done it in the past, which is podcast with the air conditioner on. No, I left mine off, but that's more out of principle. I don't turn the AC on in September. I sweat. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I sweat in f- protest. Well, I don't know. We're a high-octane show, so that naturally leads to some sweatiness, some sweaty excitement. It's true. Fast Karate for the Gentleman, your premier source for sweaty, excited men. I just want to take my sweaty t-shirt from the gym and hit somebody with a Hummer in the face as they drive by. (laughs) Just so they know. So, there's that. I'm sitting in a leather chair, or at least faux leather. (laughs) That doesn't help. Oh my gosh. The other problem is... We were somehow in the hottest subway station in the universe yesterday. It was Dude, like 30 degrees New hotter York subway there. stations are always crazy hot. Yeah, but this one was hotter than the rest. So we were standing there for like 15 minutes, and I could feel the moisture escaping my body for simpler climates. I don't know. So, but I haven't taken a shower since then. So you oh know how gosh. it gets when you sweat, and then the sweat dries, uh. and it's all gross. So, but then the worst is when you sweat and the sweat dries, and then you sweat again. Yeah. So, yeah, immediately after this podcast, I think it's shower time. Or go to the GameStop time. I'll, like, pull my credit card out. I'll be like, what's up? And then it's I like, just pass out from the fumes of my magnificent B.O. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're going to fit in games. fine. They're going to yeah, think you're like, It's like, are you here for brother. an application? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is it is crazy hot on the eastern seaboard right now. What the hell? It's September 14th. It is not <laughs> Yeah, it needs to be cooling off a lot faster. But this just means that it's going to be like one of those crazy winters where you have 60s in February and then, you know, yeah. 10 feet of snow <laughs> in April. Well, it, it was a super warm winter this year. For the most part, there were a couple cold times. The climate's all out of whack. Yeah. The Republican Party wouldn't have you believe that. (laughs) They'd be like, what's climate problems? I live in Alaska. I'm just kidding, Republicans. You're all right. Yeah. I guess. Let's go ban some books. Anyway, what are we actually talking about? Was that too partisan for you? You can't handle it? I can't handle it. I just, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Too by caramel. What, what? <laughs> Bicameral. Oh, you know. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I famously mispronounced it as bicaramel in high school. <laughs> my entire class was like, ha, ha, ha. And my teacher was like, maybe that's why you shouldn't sleep in class. And I'm like, whatever. Bicaramel would be awesome. It'd be like two types of caramel. <laughs> yeah, it would be totally like, awesome. The only problem is our governing body would be very short-lived as it would be consumed <laughs> they'd be like People all right would... we've started the bicaramel legislator it's like ah oh it's so good oh wait now we're a dictatorship <laughs> it was worth it <laughs> those were some tasty congressmen delicious or congresswoman congressperson wait so it's fast karate for the gentleman riding high in our third year of podcasting or 
I guess fourth year of podcasting. Yeah. This is the beginning of the fourth year. You better get used to it. We're going to be here for a long time. <laughs> I guess we already have been around for a long time, according to the internet. Yeah, no. This is, we're like old men. If you consider the average length of a podcast is three episodes, maybe. <laughs> and we have 200 and nearly 50. That's crazy. We've been around for a while. You've There's wasted few, so much time. Few podcasts that can compete with that. Specifically Geek Nights. But even they've slowed down, I think. I think they're only doing two shows a week now. Meh. Well, you know, they actually do things like review the whole show and yeah well what's the point of that if i can't get an idea of the show from the first six seconds then it's not a show worth watching for real that's how i watch all my shows nowadays i put it in and i'm like all right you have five seconds to convince me (laughs) and just to make it interesting (laughs) you actually pause it pick five random seconds (laughs) well the dvd's got to know i mean it's only fair it has to be I really feel like it's, it's sort of unfortunate, but in this media climate that we're in, that's just the way it goes. There's so many other options. I Well, I yeah, there's, there's more stuff to do than you could ever possibly do. So yeah. you got to make judgment calls. You got to perform some triage. Mm-hmm. And sometimes shows that will be good get thrown by the wayside, and that sucks. But there's shows that will be good and shows that are immediately good. And there's like no shortage of shows have, that are immediately good. You have to go and seek out those shows that you want to watch immediately. Otherwise, they'll get canceled, and you will yeah. have missed it. Well, if you think about it this way, though, we don't watch a lot of anime for this show, but we watch somewhere between 40 minutes and two hours a week. And overwhelmingly, that is all bad anime. <laughs> so maybe it's like... One out of ten shows is actually a really good show. Yeah. And another one is an okay show, and the rest is just total garbage. Maybe it's like one good show, one okay show, one show that's terrible, but it's funny. And the other seven are just plain terrible. Or so average that they are terrible. So that means, I mean, I don't want to get into the specifics or something, but let's say 120 of these shows were about anime. And call it an average of an hour each show. So that's like 120 hours of good anime we could have watched. And no (laughs) loss to ourselves. Yeah. But the internet would miss out. It's true. Anyway. What are we talking about? We're talking about Bubblegum Crisis Episode 7. Yes. We're almost done. This is... We're See, done? the thing is, we joke about Bubblegum Crisis. We, we laugh about it. We have our jollies. We're, oh, it's so silly. What a silly show. But it's still a pretty good show. It is. But the eighth episode is not a good episode. No, it is not. So the, the seventh episode, which is the one we've watched, is sort of, that's it. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yes. Because then you go, yeah, you have to do Bubblegum Crash. And then, uh, you know, Bubblegum 2040, which is good until about halfway through. And then that kind of goes downhill, too. Well, Bubblegum 2040, it has its moments. They are widely dispersed among uh, in the show. It has a better character design for Pris. I can dig that. Sexy. Kind of snarly. Less uh, an idiot. Yeah. 
But even shockingly, Pris does not factor in too much in this episode. I'd forgotten, you know, the premise of this episode is difficult to forget because now we've decided that it's not enough for idol singers to have robot suits and to kick robot butts. Now the idol singers have to have robot tanks well, at to this kick point, robot you know, they, butt. If you list on your, uh, your entry visa into the country, uh, I'm an idol singer, don't they just throw you out right now? Like, yeah, they're going to turn you lock that down because that's apparently throw the you first out. They're going to stick you in a room and put a latex glove up your butt. <laughs> All right, where are you hiding the robot tank? <laughs> exactly, pop singing is just uh, the gateway drug to robo vigilantism. Yeah, it's like ah, even though I don't know what the weather will hold, I'm still in love with you. It's like, all right, where's the solar ray that shoots out of your chest? <laughs> Do you have an exploding punch? Do you have an exploding punch? Don't come near me. <laughs> Stay where you it's are. Like, all right, are you, are you entering Japan for business or pleasure? It's like, well, I mean, I guess technically taking a fat Texan and twisting his head off and throwing the body into a fountain. I mean, I, I'm from a crime syndicate, so I guess it's business, but I, I also really like it. <laughs> so I guess both. Dude, also, I, I'm going to sing some songs while I'm over here. Well, apparently she's... What's really crazy is that apparently Vision, who is a member of this two-person uh, four-legged tank team that's killing off Genom uh, representatives. While they're in the meetings with the Texans. Yeah. The Texans are all like, I sure want to have some sex with some Japanese girls. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, my head was twisted off my body like a soda cap. <laughs> But yeah, Vision they is shook she him was up already popular. Because <laughs> yeah. Vision, Vision is really named Reka, and she is the sister of what was the girl's the name? The chick from the second episode, Irene. Yeah, Irene. She was first of all, if your name is Reka, uh, and you and are the sister. daughter of the Chinese uh, sort of technology syndicate. <laughs> okay, her father, or at least the leader of the syndicate. When they show his picture on the computer when Nene is looking him up or whatever, his name is Chang Chong. <laughs> it's like way to keep uh, that racism strong, Japan. Well, maybe that's why he maybe that's why he changed his daughter's name to Reika, which I believe <laughs> is Japanese. Yeah, and then Irene, which is clearly American. You know, it's like he said they're from Hong countries Kong. to escape. It's like I don't want you to have to bear the burden of having the last name Chong. <laughs> Which is not enormous even a real buck Chinese last name. <laughs> I mean, you they, think the ancient Chinese tradition of banging pots and pans together until you get yeah. a name—that's how they do it, right? Well, you that's think, what the Japanese would have you believe. You would think that the burden of his life was overcoming the the association of uh, Chinese stereotypes due to his name, but really, it was—it's uh, all about the Cheech and Chong movies. Every time he introduces himself at a uh, yeah. business meeting, like everybody. Like, dude, puts are on you fake, Everybody puts on fake Fu Manchus or like whatever. Dave's not here, man. Hey, Dave's not here, man. Oh, I love that movie. He's like, ah, curse you. My robo army will you. destroy you. Get, yeah. Get the tank. Get the tank. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what the heck? The, the first thing that after I realized that this was like the revenge for Irene, I was like, why was Irene a secretary? Her yeah. dad is the leader of a criminal syndicate. Her you sister is an incredibly again. popular pop star. <laughs> Go to college. <laughs> Get a real job. 
Not being a she was always isn't the a disappointment job, in the family. Yeah, like, you know. It's well, like, Irene's pulling down six dollars an hour. Yeah. I guess that's good. I have a robot tank. <laughs> and a huge fan following. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I fully respect administrative assistants and the role that you know they they put up with a lot of crap. But it's just like, you know. I don't think that if your father has millions and millions of dollars, that's a decision you make. And if you are yeah. flouting your father's goals in your li- in for your life, you know, it's not like you're really helping people by being the secretary of some guy at an evil corporation. Yeah. What's like I'm to making a decision? difference. <laughs> it's not like you're cashing in yeah. the family trade to go. You're not in like you know, AmeriCorps people. Yeah, <laughs> you're just a, like what happened? Drug addiction? Who knows? I think that you know if we if they really dug into it. She'd have a much more sordid past than we're led to believe. Yeah, I read. If she had more than six seconds of screen time, it's like Lena's like, "Hey, meet my new best friend." Oh, she just got killed by a robot. <laughs> I only met her five minutes ago, and well, then Pris is like, "Don't worry, I'm experienced in this matter." And she's like, "Revenge." <laughs> Lena's like, "You know, technically, Pris, you didn't even know her." Yeah. Well, at least in this episode. Uh, Lena plays a much more central role. It's not like Pris is trying to tra- talk down Reka from her rage. It's like, wait, I knew your sister for like two minutes, um, and I was totally devastated when she died. Totally. Yeah. But, you know, killing this guy won't bring her back. And she's like, who are you? <laughs> Do I know you? It's like, no, we were cool. You, you saw that one picture of us together? <laughs> yeah, that one. You know the one? Because it, yeah. was the only, it was actually taken at the moment we met, and she died five seconds later because a <laughs> female boomer stabbed her in the stomach with her nail claws uh, and then threw her off a bridge. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, man. But what else happens in this episode? Oh, yeah, the Night well, Sabers uh, prove themselves to be the worst bodyguards in the history of the world. <laughs> the robot tank. First off, the Night Sabers, in theory have a philosophy they have like rigid rules that they follow one of the rules is nobody goes off on their own and another of the rules is you never act out of revenge so clearly i mean those were those are right out the window so we should not expect them to follow any of their other rules but they really hate genom and then in this episode they take a job guarding a guy who works with genom <laughs> He's not from the Genom Company, but he's helping them make a war robot, which is the thing that you hate about Genom. Yeah. Like, maybe that's not their problem. They're like, Genom does not use recycled paper in their notebooks, and it is not cool. It's like, you know how many trees are getting knocked down every year to make your artificial islands, Genom? It's like, well, none, really. They're made in the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's technically urban at all. But, uh, Actually, yeah. we've planted trees on the artificial island. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, uh, I guess we got nothing. I guess we'll just go home. <laughs> you want to have a beer? Oh, yeah, I, I got to change first. I'm still in a <laughs> robot suit. I can't really drink like that. I could pop the visor open, but then you know who I am. and uh, you Get, might try get to a straw. <laughs> Sneak yeah. it on these. Sip. God, I just love kicking back after a long day of destroying robots. And I'll, like, the Ganem guys look at her. Like, what did you say you did again? <laughs> I'm an aerobics instructor. <laughs> yeah, here's my card. 
It's all. That she legit. turns on the the monofilament ribbons, just spins yeah. around. Yeah, one of them, all of them. She accidentally <laughs> drops one out of her wall and it cuts some guy's foot off. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so clumsy. I, uh, this one, this round's on me. <laughs> Don't you worry. Okay, I gotta go. Jumps through a wall. Yeah. But yeah, the story is, I don't know. The Texans are working with Genom to make an even more evil war machine. Probably powered by the bones of dead babies. <laughs> They're like, we've actually discovered that pure misery is the best way to power these things. It's like, so what are you going to do with this? I well, don't the, know, the, maybe. Dave, think Dave, it's some light-grade genocide. <laughs> Technically, the babies aren't dead. They have to just burn the flesh off while they're still alive to get maximum yeah. output. Well, they just stick the, li- the live babies into the reactor core yeah. of the robot. <laughs> We're going to need more babies. I'm running out of fuel. We can't pump them out up. fast enough. Oh, man. Our pure, that's like Captain Planet. <laughs> our pure evil was not enough to support itself. They have to go to, like, China. It's like, we have too many babies with China. <laughs> It's like, China needs somebody to take those babies off your heads. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, you take a baby. And they just fire them via catapult into the machine. This machine is basically designed to cause misery to people. This is our robot. Its sole purpose is to destroy low-income housing. (laughs) Well, none of that's... There are all these... All of the facilities that get blown up in this show are research facilities. And I guess, you know, Genom is lucky that it has a million because, like, it wasn't even a whole... It wasn't even just one research facility that gets blown up. It's an entire island, which makes the count for industrial islands destroyed by Genom's creations two. <laughs> like, yeah, at least two. That we know of. I mean, there could be islands in other parts of the world that they're blown up as well. And there's all these, like, sunken buildings. <laughs> it's like, um, I know. Like, Quincy is coming off really uh, – Chairman Quincy comes off in this episode a lot more like a Captain Planet villain than he does, like, a, you know, it's like I'm expecting Kwame to show up and be like, yeah, Chairman Quincy. He's like, we're going to pour the pollution into the ocean. <laughs> it's like, why are you making, like, textiles? No, <laughs> it's actually a pollution factory. Yeah, that's all it produces. Well, it's essentially if you blow up an entire island and then it sinks into the water, that's got to be hazardous, especially if you're producing boomers. I imagine there's some kind of part of them that's not supposed to end up in the water. They're probably powered by nuclear energy. Yeah, they're shooting lasers and enormous heat blasts from their chest. There's one thing that boomers were not ready to take care of, though. Giant robot tanks. When that tank shows up, and first off, it pops out of, like, a semi-truck. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is totally stealth. I'm driving a semi-truck. And then it claws its way out with, like, the shriek of rent metal. Yeah. It's like, nobody will ever... How does the tank get away? Yeah. Well, why does Nobody will need- know where we went. It's totally stealth. But anyway, so he shows up, and there's the Texans and the Genom guys, and they've got one boomer as a bodyguard. And they're like, okay, take that tank out. And the boomer pops out of his skin and is a robot. And he jumps at her. And the tank grabs him and breaks his neck. (laughs) He's a robot. If he has a neck that is able to be broken, that is poor design. 
Well, it's not even like I mean I can understand like you could sever some essential, uh, like communication thing, but uh, but yeah, probably shouldn't be able to break its neck. I mean I could understand it being ripped in half, but it wasn't even like ripped up. All she did was kind of bend him backwards, and then he fell apart. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, we're screwed, and then she spears, I guess it's not her, it's the guy, but whatever, Uh, the tank spears the two gentlemen employees like a shish kebab, it's like, all right, put a little cherry tomato on the end of that and a shrimp, now we got some good eating, Uh, cook for 20 minutes over an open flame. In an unorthodox move, however, uh, the director of this show or this episode of Bubblegum Crisis, decided to let the helicopter survive. I was surprised. Yeah. You're like, no way he's getting out of this one. <laughs> he's a helicopter. That guy is screwed. It's like, hold on, I'm going in for a closer look. No! But no. It's okay. The helicopter gets its comeuppance at the end when the evil boomer robot pops out of a helicopter just like the <laughs> tank popped out of the truck. How did it that fit in true. that thing in the first place? That's what I'm... <laughs> They it's built, like three times as big as the helicopter. They built the helicopter around it, Dave. Yeah. They're getting like, We They've only get to do this once, but when they see it, they're going to be like, oh, crap. I also Shouldn't have bought the, a suit of powered armor to a robot fight. <laughs> What's really crazy, though, is... All right, so the two people in the tank kidnap the Texan, um, who has been working with Genom on creating this new super boomer which i believe at this point is the second generation of super boomer well it's like the super super boomer yeah it's the super they were like the boomer. one that shot lasers from space was okay but that's so 2032 this is 2033 let's get with the program yeah and i know it's 2033 because there are these bizarre date interludes and everything in this show <laughs> yeah which has never happened before but it keeps being like the next day Maybe that's just so you know. They lock Lena in a closet, and they're like, the lock will release in 24 hours. Have fun. And she's like, this is going to be the most boring 24 hours of my life. Yeah, and just I I don't know if they're trying to, like, make this one, like, a serious crime drama or something, but definitely didn't come off that way. Well, anyway. We haven't really talked about Reka. It's that she's, I mean, you don't need to say much except that she's another idol singer vigilante. But she's got her sort of, uh, what's it called? Like, attache. Like, she's got the attachment from the crime syndicate who's like Gurney Halleck from Dune. (laughs) He's like, never sit with your back to a door. It's like, now put your motorcycle suit on. I love it how she's like, she's sitting there on the phone. And then he cocks a gun, and he's like, it took you three seconds to react. You would have been dead in that time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure anybody would have been dead. Yeah, you let your guard down for three seconds so you could Dude, talk on Co, the Dude, that's a really dick move. Yeah. It's like, I was talking about my dead sister. It's like, whatever, you always have to be ready. My response would have been, you let an assassin sneak up the stairs to shoot me? What kind of jerk are you? Yeah, you're supposed to be my bodyguard. It's like, it's like, happy birthday, here's your cake. And she's like, oh, I love cake. And she <laughs> takes a bite and like a boxing glove pops out of it and punches her in the face. <laughs> Ms. Reka, you reacted too slowly to the boxing glove and the cake. Yeah, it's like, well, normally there are spring-loaded boxing gloves in cake. What if that had been a spring-loaded pistol He's like, yeah, next time it's going to be cake. a gun. It's like, oh, it's this like, is the worst birthday ever. 
This cake could have been a shotgun cake. <laughs> They're out there. She's like, no. No, I don't think there are, Co. It's <laughs> like, but there should be. There will be if I have anything to say about it. Well, yeah, your doctor, your father, Doctor Chang Chong, is not going to be happy with your training. Yeah, I really feel like they were stretching to make everybody else besides Reika seem as Chinese as possible. Yeah. Maybe one dude, Ko. Like, I don't even, is that even a real Chinese name? Well, the guy in Cyborg 009 was named Chang Chang Ko. <laughs> so maybe it is legit, but it is still like the most stereotypical Japanese name you could give anybody. Yeah, Chinese name? Huh? Whatever. Who cares? Are you talking to me? Yeah. You said Japanese name. Chinese name. Mm. But whatever. I like when, when Ko suddenly has a change of heart. He's like, I can't kill, kill the people. Chris. I must have contracted Miss Reka's condition, he says. <laughs> really? Is that the I'm not a murderer condition? <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, he doesn't know that the Nightsabers aren't. Like, I love it how Ganem acts like it was playing both sides against the middle at the end. It's like, ha, 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 tank vigilantes and nightsabers. You're really both Ganem's enemies, even though nightsabers, you were technically working for Ganem when you began fighting yeah. the robo-tank. However, now it appears that Ganem has won. Here's our giant super boomer that well, you know all the weaknesses I mean, too because you kidnapped the Texan who knew all the weaknesses, and that was your entire blackmailing ploy. I guess it's not really a... There's no, like, international vigilante database. <laughs> they don't, like, look this up online and they're like, okay, well, we know the Nightsabers are there. I'm just going to shoot them an email so they know we're coming. <laughs> Hi, Nightsabers. <laughs> we're probably going to kill some guys in your neighborhood. It's cool. You don't know them. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> your friends, Robo, Robo Duo. I mean, that's all you needed to say. It would have taken five seconds, Co. He's like, well, I have to build the shotgun cake. <laughs> <laughs> the prototypes killed all my coworkers. <laughs> We're in the final phase of development. It's the only way they'll ever learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they're dead. <laughs> Rake is on the phone. He just shoots her in the back of the head. Again. <laughs> Come on. How many times Again. are we go over this? Get up. What, are you just going to sit on your ass all day? <laughs> Brains are leaking out of her eye socket. You're going to want to Dr. Chang Chong isn't going to be happy about this. <laughs> I'm going to have to spin this as Yeah, she somehow. was killed by a robot or something. I saw it. But yeah, I love how Quincy's master plan is to unleash the super duper boomer on the tank and the nightsabers. Even though the only reason he is supposedly showing up for the meeting um, is that uh, they... The Texan that they've kidnapped knows all the weaknesses of the super duper boomer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, what are you going to do about how this? How did you get to be the CEO? It's like, they'll never realize the, the only weakness is shooting it. Well, the only weakness is we got to hope that nobody in a robot suit decides to, you know, stab underneath its armor. It's like, really, that's its weakness? Did you really need the Texan to tell you that? Yeah. It's, it's like, like well, uh, what's his name? Um, Doc Lewis from Punch-Out? <laughs> He's like, punch him in the belly to make him fall down. Really? Like, Thanks, Doc. I would have never noticed that Band-Aid over his belly button before, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. 
Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, the other thing is, uh, Leon is involved in the same case somehow. I don't even really you know. You can't have an episode without Leon going to a hotel with his gay partner. A hotel where coffee is $3,000 a cup. I have to believe even if you're the CEO of the biggest corporation in the world, you might balk at that. <laughs> it's like, I know I have basically infinite money, but this is a 30,000% markup. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of ripped off here. Yeah. I mean, we could make like a whole super boomer for that much. <laughs> I mean, he would be dead in about 30 seconds since I'm going to unleash him against That's, the people who are they, aware they've of actually, all vulnerabilities. They've started constructing the boomers out of paper mache. <laughs> they're like, they're just going to die anyway. We might as well save the money. They're sort of a once-off. You might as well just... <laughs> they're going to realize that it was actually more efficient to just make bombs. They didn't need super boomers ever. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, you guys. What if we just made the boomer an explosive device? And then what if we... Added a rocket to that and took away the no, arms, no, no. the leg, and the head. The, the only way to put a bomb in a boomer is to have it self-destruct when the pilot is going to die. That's the only way it makes sense. Oh I didn't spend 15 years in R&D to listen to your crazy theories. Bombs. No, seriously, they worked for like 150 years. I also like how Quincy manages to show up to every meeting not as himself, and nobody ever detects it. Yeah. Like in They're like, oh, episode, he was a he was robot. A it's like, how do you not notice when somebody is a, a robot? Like, you don't have, like, some kind of scanner to tell you that? Well, he gets off the helicopter, and he's like, clang, clang. <laughs> it's like, too much iron in my diet. I've been eating a lot of... You could just watch the shocks on the helicopter. The thing, like, pops up five feet when he gets off. It actually jumps. It's like this yeah. thing. Oh, thank God that 1,000-pound man stepped off. cracks under his feet. It's like, oh, Quincy, getting kind of heavy. He's like, yes, I love hamburgers. <laughs> Robo hamburgers. Huh? No, hamburgers. No, normal hamburgers. <laughs> I did not say They're robot. Robo hamburgers? That's silly. Why would a robot need a hamburger? Oh, man, I wish I had a robot hamburger right now. <laughs> no, and then they start shooting him with a pistol, which is totally ineffective because he is not, in fact, a person. Yeah. They do manage to pack a surprising amount of blood in the thin epidermis they strap across yeah. the robots, though. So how do we Every have so much room for all this blood? <laughs> it's like... They took a page from the Hokkaido robots... Like the like, robot is actually powered by blood and feathers. I don't even know why Quincy had to show up and, like, you know, anyway. Why wouldn't you just nuke the island? Yeah, you, you know the guy is there. You, it's not like you have any compunctions about killing innocent people. You've already said that the Texans contract, like, you don't need him yeah. anymore either. He's worthless to you. You just want him out of the way. Just kill him. You were going to do that anyway. <laughs> but no, you show up to the meeting with a super boomer. A super duper boomer who then dies and the whole island gets destroyed anyway, but the Texan survives. Yeah. I don't know how any of them made it through that. It's like a nuclear blast wipes out the entire island. They're at the epicenter. They must have ducked behind that rock from Predator. Yeah, for real. Let's get down behind the hill. Whew. Uh, bubblegum crisis. 
It's pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Crisis. It's always good for the, a larf. Uh, the soundtrack in this one totally blows. Vision should be nowhere oh, no. near as popular. Although she has a great band named Vision, Vision. and the Revengers. That is yeah. an awesome name. And I, it I also know. leads. <laughs> it also I'd leads like me to say to believe, yes well enough. I, it also leads me to believe that Ko and all the maintenance staff for that tank are also members of the band. Well, they pretty much have to be if you follow Pris's model. Well, I guess Pris's band isn't. I'm just thinking specifically of, like the Bubblegum Crisis music videos where like Lena's playing the guitar. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lena, you know all the hot riffs. But um, I don't know. I like say yes well enough. It's not like the best Bubblegum Crisis song, but. I would like listen to it at work, and I'd be like sitting in the wire closet, plugging up fiber, and I'd be like, "It's so sad." I don't know what the words are saying, but it sounds sad. If it's you no mad machine. that that music video <clears throat> they showed, which I had forgotten about, but when I was watching it, I was like, "Are they seriously showing her whole backstory before the episode even starts?" And because I remembered she was Irene's sister, and I was like. Do they seriously, like, kill Irene and, like, they're just going to show it before we even know that she's Irene's sister? But after I watched it, I remembered it was the music video. And I remembered if you watch the full music video, it's basically RoboCop with her playing the part of RoboCop. <laughs> Which is, that's kind of cool, I think. I mean, it's been a while since I watched those music videos, since they have that, like, even though I'm worried about the weather song on it, I can't touch it because I'm afraid that track might come up. It's not worth the risk. I'm like, man, I really like the one where they're like playing musical instruments on an elevator. Yeah. But I can't do it. I like Asue Touchdown a lot, but I can't. Not if Jumping Star is going to come on the rotation. Just have to rip my eyeballs out. And I'll be like, oh, no, I can still hear it. That was the problem in the first place. Now I just can't see their garish bubblegum crisis pink sweatshirts. <laughs> yes, indeed. But that oh, now that was a good, good choice. It's going to be indeed. difficult to come up with a follow-up. Happy third anniversary, Fast Karate! Yay! Three more years. Three more years. You've elected us into office. There's no getting rid of us now. You've elected exactly. us as the best podcast on the internet. So deal with it. Because it's coming back full force. With, I don't know. I've got to pick something really good to follow this one up. And Big Wars. <laughs> we already did there's that one. A, there's been a long line. Can't break the trend now. That'll be shameful. We need another 80s sci-fi robo-drama. Basically, I wish there was... This podcast should be exclusively about 80s sci-fi anime. Uh, there's not really That's that really the that. only thing worth talking about. Oh, well. See you next week, kids.